This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. If it was up to me, you get a bullet in the head and a decent funeral, but fish has their ways. Wait! Shut up. Where's my money? <laughs> this is not a job for nice guys. You snitched my little penguin. Showtime! This is not a job for nice guys. Where's my money? Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's new series, Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie D. Simone. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I am completely entertained. Yeah, this has been quite a, a... Well, on our other podcast, Greetings from Storybrooke, we'd probably go ahead and refer to this as a loosey-goosey episode yes. already, because we've already been we've already been sitting here for about an hour trying to get everything together, <laughs> going through Skype, then Google Hangouts, and the doc erased itself and it it's crazy disappeared. and then our guest dropped off but he's back now so i guess we should introduce him uh people who listen to our other podcast might know him as the guy who always leaves us a voicemail uh bobby hawk how you doing bobby all right how about you guys excellent good, good. excellent slap happy a little bit a little but that's fine. But yeah, we're definitely glad to have uh, Bobby join us tonight. Very much so. I, I, initially, we were going to be using this episode to discuss Comic-Con. Yeah. Then there wasn't a lot of Comic-Con There was Con nothing news. at Comic-Con, hence it's been like three weeks and we still haven't done the episode. Yeah. So, it, well, what happened then was we, we delayed and we swerved so we could watch Batman Year One and finally do that. And we did that and we were all set ready. We we're going to have Bobby on to help us with the commentary and everything. It was all good. And then they released three new trailers, which yeah. made it there be enough news to do a whole episode around news well yep. almost so almost. what we're gonna do uh, uh we're batman year one push down the line we'll get to it i promise maybe oh please if, the show doesn't start for another month and a half we have plenty of time to plenty cover of time year one. plenty of time uh so what we're gonna do we're gonna discuss uh briefly with bobby here a uh, uh one of his picks uh for one of his favorite episode gotham re- pd related episodes of batman the animated series and then we'll go in and talk some news and stuff like that now bobby since uh you picked this episode why don't you go ahead and uh t- t- it's uh, season four episode 12 over the edge why don't you go ahead and just give us a little summary of it uh it was a great episode about what happens when gordon decides to take out batman mm. you know what and what would happen for that to happen you know it was just a great it didn't i don't know I guess that's about it. And then just, you know, oh God, it was just a great episode. The, uh, what is, you know, the vigilante being hunted down by the criminals. You know, what happens when Batman is the criminal? Yeah, it, it was very interesting. Like most times in uh, – well, inherent in the superhero concept is there's this secret identity. And if that gets fi- found out, it's endgame for the superhero because the superhero is acting outside of the law. And But you very seldom get to see that play out. So right. it was really cool that even in a kind of hypothetical episode – like the, like this to get to see it. I now one thing I thought was very interesting, and we'll talk a bit about more about this when we look at some of the trailers for Gotham today and everything else. But the the one defining characteristic of James Gordon throughout all versions of Batman, all media, is that he's the one good cop in Gotham. He's he 
he's, he's the, the only guy, one left. Yeah, he's the one fighting the corruption and the evil, and he's he's the only one Batman can count on mm-hmm. to uh, help him in his weird mission with the with the cape and the cowl and all that. Yeah, and and in this episode, we really get to see what would make Gordon not be the the good guy anymore more or less Uh, and uh if bobby mentioned briefly uh gordon turns against batman because batgirl who was also uh commissioner gordon's daughter barbara gordon gets killed by the scarecrow and uh or at least apparently initially gets killed by the scarecrow and obviously uh commissioner gordon doesn't like that (laughs) very much at all i can't imagine that would be a good thing and i thought and i want to get you guys's opinion on this too but i thought as upset as he was with the death, yes, he was very upset with the death. I think he was just as upset that Batman hadn't told him that his daughter was running around as Batgirl. Like the yes. betrayal, yeah, well, it cut just as deep as the death. I think. Oh, absolutely. I you, you want to expound on that a little bit more? Uh, uh, I, I can try and expand yeah, on yeah, that yeah. a little more. <laughs> uh, no, <it> just. <laughs> Sometimes, like, the physical pain of losing somebody is just as bad as the mm-hmm. emotional pain of them just – of being betrayed by somebody you trust. It's your friend. Yeah. And, like, I just the combination because they both mm-hmm. really went so hand-in-hand, hand, like, the the emotional betrayal led to – like the physical betrayal kind of yeah and, not, um, and definitely not to say that the the death wasn't impactful for him too right. especially considering the death was partially caused by, by him, him impacting into her yes. as she fell off the building when she fell off the building i was like oh that's that's not so good that's no, not so good no. there and hits the police truck yeah and gordon wasn't even given the choice to you know to, to you know in the matter of saying whether he wanted his daughter or whether he was okay with his daughter right. and he, you know like you said he felt betrayed by batman who he worked with for years you know he he felt like this person would at least give him the common courtesy of saying hey by the way your daughter's running around rooftops and tights mm-hmm. right. dodging bullets <laughs> Yeah, one thing uh, I I kind of thought about towards the end of the episode, I wanted to get you guys' opinions on, too. At the end of the episode, uh, Barbara, basically the whole episode's predicated on Barbara gets exposed to the scarecrow gas, and this is... Uh, her living out her worst nightmare mm-hmm. uh, while while she's under the influence of it. And uh, then she wakes up at the end of the episode and she decides, okay, I have to tell my dad I'm Batgirl. Right. And she goes to tell him and he's like, nah, it's cool. Now, do you think uh, that his reaction when she goes to bring that to him, do you think if this situation were to play out in real life now, after the end of this episode, do you think it would go down how it went down in her dream? Or do you, th- no. or do you think Gordon would understand? I think he'd understand more. You think? I think because she Gordon approached knows. him. You think he already knows? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he more or less says it. He, like, stops her. He's like, wait a second. What you're about to tell me, I shouldn't know. I can't know. So just know that I trust you and everything's going to be fine and I'll always love you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was there was definitely an implication there, and just like uh, within the the main part of the episode itself, uh, after Batman runs away and Bullock's trying to chase after him, Gordon's like, "No, no, I I know where to find him," and, and you this. find out that he he knew he was Bruce Wayne pretty right. much all along. Yeah, Gordon's not stupid. He's he's the commissioner for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we're definitely going to probably get to see that kind of build over over the course of the Gotham series since it's going to be a, a big part about Gordon and Bruce Wayne's relationship. So we'll get to see – I think it will be really neat to see how Gordon 
learns what Bruce is planning and right. how he or why he decides to not let him know that he knows. Right. You know, because that's always been the uh, the big thing for me. Like, I, I've always thought it was a neat concept that Gordon knows, but he just doesn't say. But I, I just don't know why he doesn't say at it, it, some point, you know? Uh, I think it would kind of make Batman weaker. Yeah, it, it could. No, it it, would, the man is completely mm-hmm. mentally fragile. Yeah. That's why, you know. Plausible deniability. Yeah. Like, if you never say mm-hmm. it out loud, it could not be true. Then if Batman gets captured and they're like, they, what did Gordon know? That he couldn't be like, oh, you knew. Right. Something right. like that. Because that's exactly what Batman would do. Oh, no! you Don't hurt me Don't again. Hurt I'm Batman. Okay, uh, let's see. Who was red? Who was red? Me! I was red. I was red. Okay. Um, So, see, my points were really bad because they Mm. just were. But um, basically what I got out of that um, episode was just don't cross Gordon. Gordon? Not Jordan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wrong person. Um, Don't cross him because he's not going to forgive you. Like Batman over and over again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, no. You let my daughter just run around and be Batgirl. Like, no. Until right there at the end. Until right there at the end. But... Yeah. yeah, but I, mean, I just didn't get the Gordon was pretty pretty ruthless with everything too. Like the way he I, the way he was shooting at Robin, yes, shocked me. Like they were shooting like a bazooka at a twelve year old kid. Yes, it, it, it a bit a bit intense. It was a bit intense. It also was very surprising to me as to how bad of a shot the entire Gotham PD is. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> like yeah, that helicopter. I thought totally took out Nightwing. Yes! I'm like, he's standing there. There's three helicopters, each with, like, six barrels and one person and not a scratch on him. And then you get Batman, like, just standing on the the corner of the rooftop, very visibly distinct from the rooftop. Mm. Three guys shoot at him and one gets over here under and over on the other side, but nobody actually hits the big target right in the middle. It's like, where is your training? It's a, Maybe they all really didn't want to kill Batman because of his years of helping them. Yeah. Well, yes. I don't know. I'm just trying to stretch. <laughs> you're, you're trying to save face for Batman. We understand. You're trying to save him. Batman. As we all know from my invitation of him about two minutes ago, he needs all the help he, he can needs get. some help, yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, now, Bobby, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the father-daughter dynamic. Yeah, uh, I'm always, always have been, always will be a big fan sucker for like father daughter, father son relationship things, and uh, that was obviously like the main drive behind this episode. Mm-hmm. So I'd be lying if I said a few, if I didn't shed a few tears by the end of the episode. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, we it, it was definitely moving at points for sure. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, I was going to bring up the fact, you know, I, I mean, I think it's rather, rather obvious that Gordon knew all along and you know right. she didn't have nothing she had nothing to fear yeah yeah for sure it, 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 there there was always that implication too i think in the old 60s comics when mm-hmm. she first appeared and everything because uh, mm-hmm. uh, she's always been like roommates with her dad <laughs> more more or less like uh you know she's she i think in the old comics she was a librarian Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was a librarian at Gotham University. And uh, then when she wasn't staying on campus, she she, she was, was, you know, making dinner for dad kind nice. of thing. Right. But I, I kind of wonder if they're going to have – because I, I, I know there's like three different permutations or something of 
uh, Commissioner Gordon's like family life and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if Barbara having a daughter named Barbara is going to be in the cards there or not. I think there'll probably be a baby coming along named Barbara. Yeah, because I mean well, he's not even married like... in the series yet, right? Oh no, he's not. Because he's going to have oh. a love interest, obviously. But I, I believe he is married, but also has a love interest. Oh, okay. Oh, oh just like in Batman Year One, right? Was that right. that was right. Batman Year One? Yeah. Yeah. I believe his his uh, wife in the show, I he's believe uh, in, in the Gothic Chronicle, uh, it says that she's like a art. Um, uh, what's it? She runs an art. Uh, Museum, studio, whatever you Look know. You showing us up on the show? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, and he's talking about a Gotham Chronicle viral site they put up around Comic Con that we'll we'll be discussing in a little bit. Yeah, uh, but Bobby looked <laughs> at it more than we did, and we love him for Not it. Okay. <laughs> okay, now we have we have a couple. Uh, we had a couple characters in here that uh, well we haven't seen on on this podcast before, and I don't know if Anne Marie's run into at all before. And what Nightwing? Yeah, Nightwing. Yeah. Have, have you seen Nightwing before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, you you had uh, some issues with his fashion choices. Um, as you will all learn, I inevitably take on the shallow, shallow reviews of people. <laughs> Cut your mullet. I don't think that's shallow. I think that's practical. Okay. Dude needs to cut his mullet. There is no need for a mullet ever. That was almost for... more of a rat tail. Oh, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was the extreme mullet. Mm-hmm. That... <laughs> and it, if he'd have had it in a ponytail, it might have actually been better. It would have been out of the way. But – Well, I think in just – you know, he took the Nightwing name from his, his running around with Superman. And back then, Superman in the comics had the long mullet hair too. So maybe he was just care. still taking inspiration from the <laughs> – Big blue there. It's never but, yeah, but Superman had like the Hasselhoff mullet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ponytail is Clark Kent. I was actually looking up pictures of yes. Clark Kent in a ponytail last night for no reason. <laughs> Absolutely no reason. It's actually kind of sad. Yep. <laughs> Reflects badly on me. Uh, oh, what else was I going to say about the Other mullet? Character. Oh, yeah. I, well, I was going to say uh, with Nightwing, uh, this is a little bit of trivia out there for people who might not know. Where he got the name was back in the Silver Age, uh, him and Batman joined Superman on an adventure in the Bottle City of Candor. And in the Bottle City of Candor, there was the Batman and Robin of the Bottle City of Candor, and they were called Nightwing and Flamebird. And so when uh, Robin decided to, uh, you know, cut ties with Batman and go off on his own and everything, he thought, hey, why don't I name myself after the Kryptonian Candorian uh, Batman? Not Nightwing, because huh. Flamebird was the Robin archetype. Ah. So he's like, you know, I'm growing up. I'm growing into my own. Why don't I Take adopt my name the identity? from someone else. Yeah, and someone yeah. who's more like my mentor uh. than who I am right now. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. That was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there was a, a decent supervillain fight in this episode to uh, Bane. Uh, Bobby, wait, what were your thoughts on Bane? I, I have some thoughts, too, but I'll, I'll go ahead and let you go first. I like, I, I like the interpretation of Bane, that it wasn't just some stupid thug. Mm-hmm. He actually, you know, had a brain, which is the best interpretation of Bane. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just loved the Batman fighting dirty. Like, I laughed out loud when he, like, dodged Bane and Bane rammed into the wall. And then Batman grabbed all the bricks with his cape and just knocked the hell that out of him. That was really good. Although I was thinking, like, doesn't gravity work faster than that when he was, like, pulling the cape off to catch all the rocks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Time was – we saw time – we saw it slow enough so we could see what Batman was doing because he moved so fast or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> or something. No, but it was, <laughs> it was really interesting that he 
it, Batman got to the point where he was like, okay, well, I'll just kill this guy because yeah. at this point, who cares, yeah, right? right? Yeah, he was just like, I guess this is the end. It doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just going to both fight to the death. Yeah, and that, that was something else with Batman in this episode, too, is he was just so, like, forlorn and just like, you know, I, I give up. <laughs> yeah, he was out of his element. It was just he had nowhere else to turn. Told Robin, go turn yourself in. This is all gonna end. This is not gonna end well. Yeah. And I mean, outside of the people who who he threw costumes on to help him out and everything, and Alfred. I mean, Commissioner Gordon's probably his best friend. Right. And to be to feel betrayed back like that, or like right. you know, having him hunting him down, breaking. Into well, I don't even think Batman felt betrayed. I felt like Batman felt like he betrayed Gordon. Oh yeah, like he felt guilty. He he felt uh, betrayal might have been the wrong word. I I meant that he felt that the bond was broken between them. More mm-hmm. or less. true, true, yeah, yeah. And he definitely did feel guilty about it. And that's something that uh, you know, a lot of people play around with with Batman is like this guy. He's a millionaire and he finds these poor kids and puts them in costumes and have have some uh, jump off buildings. <laughs> Uh, someday he's gonna have to deal with all that guilt i guess right uh but today was the day um but as far as bane i'm not a huge bane fan personally and i know i know that uh the pure version of the character the character version of the character that most people like is a bit more of a a smarter kind of like mob bossy kind of guy but just the the couple initial encounters i had with him in nightfall and in the batman and robin movie I kind of turned me off of him a little bit. I I thought he was fine in this episode, and I thought it was really interesting that Gordon was willing to right. work with him and yeah. like sought hit, hit him out over anybody else. Like there are there are p- criminals in Gotham City with much more honor than Bane. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, I, but, but Bane's the one that's come nearest to taking Batman down. This is very true. He he, he he's the one what broke the bat. Right. As it were. And I, I was trying to explain that to Anne-Marie as we were watching. I was like, that's the guy that broke Ben's back. Uh, but yeah, good, yeah, good that's stuff. that's pretty much how he said it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one, one point to close out on uh, about Over the Edge. It, and by the way, the title is concerning uh, put the scra- scarecrow pushing Batgirl over the edge of a building, over the le- over on a ledge and stuff. Uh, no, but they, there was one really great scene I wanted to point out. And uh, since there's such a big focus on the villains and all the promotion materials for Gotham, I thought it was appropriate too. They have this scene where it's kind of like, a, oh, what's Maury. it? Yeah, like Maury or uh, Morty Downey Jr. No. Down, Downing Jr. Robert Downey Jr.? Morton Downey. Yeah, yeah, Bobby had it. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, but just kind of like one of those, or Geraldo, you know, yeah. one of those shows where they have a big panel of losers who get on and entertain people for a little bit by acting stupid. Right. And it's all the villains. It's like uh, Harley Quinn and the Mad Hatter. And who else was there? Uh, Riddler. Mm-hmm. Couple others. Some and, little guy. And uh, they're talking about how... Uh, the how puppeteer much- guy. The ventriloquist. The ventriloquist, yeah. Yeah, the ventriloquist and Scarface. But they're talking about how, you know, Batman has been harassing them for years and years and years. And now that it's finally been revealed that he's Bruce Wayne, they they want their comeuppance. They want their payback. They want their money. Yeah, yeah. So they're Exactly. Where's my them. money? Yeah, and I just – when that scene came on, I was like, you know, if there was actually a vigilante running around in the real world and his identity got revealed and he was this, this rich guy. This is exactly what would happen. Exactly. Like not only would every case he, he had ever been involved with get overturned, but all of them would be like suing him out the butt. And they wouldn't even probably be doing it themselves. There would probably just be legions of lawyers running into Arkham Asylum right. and be like, hey, guys. guys we got this. We got this. We got, we got this. We, we have our payday. You don't have to rob banks anymore. Let's just sue back. <laughs> 
It'll be fine. Sue, sue the Batman. Yeah, but I, I I really like the dynamic there of the interaction uh, with the villains and everything. I really hope maybe we get like some sort of like villain support group or like late night poker game <laughs> at fi- poker game at Fish Moonies. There's totally got to be a late night. Yeah, poker yeah, game. between all the uh, the upcoming villains and it, well, I guess you know Catwoman and Poison Ivy are too young they, to they go are, to a poker game. They're not game quite there in yeah. Gotham, but yeah, I thought that was pretty neat too. Okay, uh, anybody else have any any thoughts? Good times. Good times? Good times. Should we do an arbitrary scale for this one? Okay. Like we do on the other show? Okay, let's do an arbitrary scale. Okay. Let's see here. Now I have to think of one. I should have thought of one earlier. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Out of Amory, out of I'm four good. broken bat signals, how many broken <laughs> bat signals would you give this episode? I'd give it three. Three? Why? I'd give it three. Uh, it was re- I mean, it showed a lot of different um, emotions and characterizations and everything. And mm-hmm. um, for being quote unquote dead for the entire episode, Barbara did a really good job. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it's- yeah, that was something else I th- thought was interesting was a lot of times with like the scarecrow juice, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's always the person who got the juice running through their worst case scenario right where in this one barbara wasn't in it at all it was just it, like i so i thought it was weird that you know the juice made her live this whole reality but she wasn't alive within the reality it right. was really kind well, of weird. That, uh, personally i'd be scared to die <laughs> and see what would happen after that happened very true very true <laughs> i don't want to die i'm good i'll stay here okay so bobby out of uh four broken bat signals how many broken bat signals would you give this episode uh i I mean, I, I guess I'd say three and a half. I mean, four. I don't want to say total four because I don't know. There's always room for There's always room for improvement. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You but don't, it you don't want episode. the people working on Batman the Animated Series to just get lazy because you gave it a good rating, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even all these years later. Yeah. Well, they, they'll know retroactively. They have they have a time machine. Everybody knows that. <laughs> WB Animation has a time machine. And actually, I think they actually do in the DC offices. They have a replica of the Cosmic Treadmill, which the Flash oh, really? used to travel through time. Nice. Because there was right. a story in the 60s where the Flash uses the Cosmic Treadmill to come to our Earth to the DC offices. And so then they had the model constructed and put there. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Bill Meeks, how many do you give it? How many do I give it? Yeah. I'm. You know what? I'm going to give it four. <gasps> it was. It's a really solid episode. It, it, honestly, probably one of the stronger episodes from the entire run of the series. Like, it, I, I would say either this episode, uh, which had left my mind until Bobby mentioned it today, or the other one Bobby mentioned today. Uh, beware. What is it? Beware the gray ghost with yes, Adam uh, West. Hmm. Yes. I, I I would say those are the two best episodes of the series, probably. And so, yeah, four all the way around. Loved it. Loved mm-hmm. the dynamics. And uh, loved watching it today. It was it, a good time. It, it was a good way to end the eve or the, end the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we're going to get to some news here in a minute. But first, we'd like to thank Audible for sponsoring this week's episode Yay, of Legends Audible. of Gotham. Uh, now, if you guys aren't familiar with Audible, uh, it's an audiobook service. What you do, you go, you sign up, you get your membership. Then every month, you get in the audiobook of your choice. You get a credit. You go, you apply it to the audiobook. You download the audiobook. You listen to it while you're driving, while you're running, while you're uh, practicing your batarangs, <laughs> while you're uh, pushing Batgirl off of roofs. Oh. You know? <laughs> 
Well, I mean, scarecrows need education and entertainment too. I don't think that's an appropriate time. And I, I'm pretty okay. sure he owns an iPad, an iPhone, sure uh, or an does. Android device, which all of those can play Audible. So right. that's I true. mean, the scarecrow could listen to just about anything. Like Emery, what, what do you think the scarecrow should listen to ah. once he signs up for his free uh, Audible trial? Well, I think the scarecrow should go for some chiclet for Big Little Lies. I think I think Jonathan Crane would like that. <laughs> by, by Leanne Moriarty, narrated by Caroline Lee. Uh, you read that that one. I have not actually. Um, this is on my wish list. Oh, is it? This it just got released like two weeks ago mm-hmm. for audiobook, so it is on my current wish list. Yeah, I'll read a little description of it hey, here. Give me a little uh, something. Pirawi Public's annual school trivia it's night. It's Australian, ha- just so you know. <laughs> has ended in a shocking riot. One parent is dead. Whoa! <laughs> uh, the school principal is horrified as police investigate what appears to have been a tragic accident. Uh, signs begin to indicate that this devastating death might have been cold-blooded murder. <laughs> shame they don't have Batman or Commissioner Gordon there to help them out with that. Isn't it a shame? Maybe, maybe they do. Uh, maybe, maybe our listeners should They're taking should a vacation their, uh... down under and they're going to they're gonna help them out. No, I'm saying, who knows? Maybe Batman shows up at the end of the book. Our listeners could go and pick up uh, Big Little Lies uh, with their free trial and uh, check that out. Or they could pick up... You know, there, there there are these books called Dog Boy Adventures by this guy named Bill Meeks, who is me. It's, <laughs> if, you know, if you keyed in earlier when I was talking about children in jeopardy, people shooting at Robin, this is a 13-year-old superhero. This is basically Robin without Batman out there <laughs> trying to figure it out for himself. There's three books in the series right now. Two of them, Den of Thieves and Danger on Liberty Pier, are on Audible. I would highly recommend you go out and uh, pick those up uh, with your free trial if you want to. And uh, the third one, Demons, Dog Boy Demons Dare, is going to be out on Audible in September. But I'm going to go ahead and include the first 13 minutes of it, the first two <laughs> chapters, at the end of this podcast today. So you can listen to it if you want. But you can pick those up. You can pick uh, Big Little Lies, which Anne-Marie re- recommended. You can, they, they have a bunch of old uh, Batman and Superman radio shows on there. You can pick up, yeah, it's not just limited to audiobooks. There's radio shows, uh, premium podcasts from people like Ricky Gervais. And uh, you can pick that up with your So free- are you saying we're not a premium podcast? No, we're not. Oh. We're right. definitely not. We're definitely not. <laughs> we're absolutely not a premium <laughs> podcast. But it's very Man, uh, qu- no. it's very quick and easy to sign up. Uh, there's no obligation. Uh, if after 30 days you don't want to keep the membership, you can cancel it. It's really easy to do. Yep. And all you have to do to get the free 30-day trial to get your free audiobook is go to audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Gotham for your free audiobook. And we want to thank him again for sponsoring this week's episode of Legends of Gotham. Thank you, Audible. And uh, what do we do? <gasps> oh, oh, are we going to do the same thing? We are. Yeah. And now, on to the news. News. Gotham edition. Okay. <laughs> First of all, we have a bunch of videos uh, that we wanted to play. We'll, we'll go ahead and play through them one at a time and then talk to them. Unfortunately, Bobby, I don't think we're going to be able to show them to you, but you watched them earlier, right? So. Yeah, I've got my phone in my hand. I'll watch along with you. <laughs> okay, we're going to start out with uh, All Hail the Queen. So uh, I'll go ahead and play that one right now. Yeah, it was up to me. You get a bullet in the head and a decent funeral, but she has her ways. Wait! Shut up. Where's my money? Okay. Uh, I love Jada Pinkett Smith. She definitely seems like she's going to be very... Like she's going to be very mustache twirly. Oh, she's with, with very this, mustache like, twirly. Like very, very campy, which I, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see in a Batman villain again because yeah. it's been a long time since they've had like very campy Batman villains. <laughs> 
This is not a job for nice guys. You snitched my little penguin. Guess who she was talking to there? Somebody has to take over. Might as well be me. Yeah, but uh, she's just awesome. Yeah, that looks really, really good too. Yeah, extremely. I think she's going to be an interesting character. I think she's supposed to only be around the first season, though, right? Oh, really? I didn't hear That's that. That's what I had heard. Like they were, I'd heard that they were kind of going to try and do like one villain per, like big bad one per big season, bad. which oh. makes sense to a degree. Well, then maybe all the introduction of Joker was just set up for season two. That could be cool. Yeah, because there was a – I don't think we actually got it in here, but there was another recut of one of the trailers that we played last Mm -hmm. time where they added in some Joker stuff, just like a couple little like two-second shots and like a laugh and you see a playing card kind of thing. Yeah. So, and I also read – I don't know if we have it. No, we talked about that. Anyway. I don't know if we have it in the news here or not, but the creators have also said that they're going – because in the pilot, there's a comedian mm-hmm. who might be the Joker, but every episode, they're going to have a potential Joker. Until it, he's revealed. Until he's revealed. Right. That's Each awesome. episode will be the different storylines that they've put forth in DC as to how the Joker became the mm-hmm. Joker. Oh, yeah. Infinite, infinite storylines. Actually, my favorite Joker origin or version of the Joker origin was there was a – it was a by Neil Gaiman. It was called Whatever Happened to the Cape, Cape Crusader. It happened right after Batman Rip. And uh, basically, it was like it was like a funeral for Batman in this weird kind of Neil Gaiman-y, tripped-out dreamland. And uh, one of the one of the versions of the Batman story that was told was Alfred's story, where Alfred w- felt so bad about this kid in his charge, whose parents had been killed, that he dressed up as all the different supervillains, so the kid could get his vengeance without, like, you know, running afoul of the police or anything. It was all nice. like theater just for Bruce Wayne, which I thought was really cool. But okay, let's go ahead and we'll check out the next trailer here, The Good and Evil. One of the things that's interesting about Gotham is it's a world in which everyone is on the take, and the only man who can break that downward spiral is the last good man in Gotham, James Gordon. You can't have organized crime without law and order. Somebody has to take over. Might as well be me. I kind of like that line. You can't have organized crime without law and order. Yeah. Like, because that it's not, it's not particularly clever or catchy, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I'm going to do what's right. (laughs) He wanted to put the penguin off the building. He didn't, but he wanted to. It was close. It was very close. Yeah. But that was a good one too. I like that one. That's good. Bobby, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. All these trailers are like you were saying before. It's all kind of just so short, and I, I'm just really looking forward to the show. I mean, I, you're not really getting a lot too much of it. The last one was good with Fish Mooney. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in her character, but all these little 30 second teasers are just making me really anxious for the show to come out. <laughs> and so many of them are just like there's like two seconds of new stuff, and then the rest exactly. is all just it's recut. Just Right, and so it's like hard to even talk about something you've already talked about a million times. Yep. Okay, well, uh, here, we'll go ahead, and uh, there, there's this last one that has a little bit of Bullock in it and uh, called The Dark Side, and then there's a movie trailer one, and we'll just go through and we'll play both of those, no comments, because, yeah, we've talked about it enough, I think. <laughs> then we'll move on to the news and stuff, so here, we'll go ahead and play them. 
every city has got its dark side. That's what Gotham is, and we're going to explore it through the eyes of Detective Jim Gordon, who becomes yeah, a legend, but this is when he just starts out before he realizes the nature and the weight of the adversary he's up against. <laughs> They use that page and laughing. Everything. Every, every single one. I'm having nightmares. And then this, la- this last one, uh, and especially because it relates to uh, one of the stories we have coming up here, we'll go ahead and play it. And this one's just called Movie Trailer. And this, <laughs> this one runs about a minute, so, uh, you know, I'm going to go grab Tuck the in. We love that little Bruce Wayne scream. Villains will rise. And the battle for Gotham begins. There will be chaos. Rivers of blood in the streets. I know it. Every criminal in the city will start making moves. Follow up on the Arkham connection. Arkham's been closed for 10 years. You're hurting yourself. Actually, actually, freeze it. Um, Yeah, that was actually a new bit. Uh, was the Arkham's been closed for 10 years? I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Just because that implies that... uh, they're, they're going to have to open it back up for some reason. <laughs> so I, I, there's a story there. Which there's, I, there's, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a story. Yeah, and and then, then you have Bruce. Yeah, the, the very next scene is uh, Gordon hanging out at Wayne Manor with Bruce. And Bruce is like, I got to do something. But uh, here, I'll start back. You're hurting yourself. I'm testing myself. Somebody has to take over. It might as well be me. I'm going to do what's right. You're beginning to irritate me. <laughs> However dark and scary the world might be right now. There will be light. There will be light. Gotham. Anyone ever tell you, when you walk, you look just like a penguin? (laughs) No. Nobody's ever told me that. (laughs) Excellent. I'm so excited for the penguin. He looks so good. It's so perfect. It's insane. Yeah, but I want to do a super cut, uh, mixing up the penguin laugh with the Bruce Wayne scream. It'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. It would be great. Okay. We'll lose <laughs> all of our three listeners. And uh, that kid's scream sounds like it's put together, like mixed together with a bunch of different stuff. There's no way that kid screams like that. Oh, no. like, like they use like a shark and <laughs> like that screeching or something. I don't know. Actual <laughs> bat screeching. You know, I could totally. They no, would do it. I, I know some professional sound design designers. <laughs> I could totally see that. They're they're very very into doing stuff like that. And I'll just go ahead and mention that movie trailer one we just played. They are doing a a custom uh, fan trailer slash or fan poster contest. Uh, you might want to check this out. Uh, you can get the link at our, in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com. But basically, they, they put out a bunch of high-quality uh, press photos of the cast, and they're, do- they're doing this contest one of two ways. You can either make your own poster, like in Photoshop or whatever, or you can reshoot the trailer any way you want. So, like, you could do puppets, or you could get kids to play all the parts, <gasps> or you could, I don't know, walk Are we up. entering this? I would like to, but it's, I think the deadline's August 20th. That's fine. We have 10 days. We have 10 days? We've done worse. I think we should enter it. 
I definitely think we should enter Ooh. it. So everybody out there, enter it, but you're going to be going up against us. So you're going to lose. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, but it, <laughs> basic, basically, uh, the, the trailer part of it is you can either do sections of or the whole trailer uh, and do it mm-hmm. however you want, animation, puppetry, kids, uh, or just, I don't know, point a camcorder at your computer screen while you play the trailer. But you probably won't win that You won't way. win that way. <laughs> pro tip. Pro tip. You won't win that way. Pro tip. Not happening. <laughs> Okay. Use uh, your cat. Yes. Okay. Now, yeah. uh, next up, we have this uh, viral site that um, they put out around Comic-Con, the Gotham Chronicle. Now, Bobby, you looked at this in depth. Why don't you – can you be our man on the street, our Vicky Vale, as it were? Man on the street. <laughs> man on the street. Bobby Hawk. <laughs> uh, it, it, this is akin to what something like Amazing Spider-Man 2 did where they had, like, the Daily Bugle viral site uh, – touting all the different villains that were popping up in New York City and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more or less going over, uh, you know, the Waynes killing and the different things happening in the city over over probably the first few episodes. Um, a lot of the stuff is really just press shots. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it just was started at Comic-Con, so, it, you know, it's kind of in its infant stages, I guess. But there are two or three articles um, one talking about, of course, the Waynes being shot dead in the alley and uh, uh, the mayor vowing to bring uh, the Wayne killers to justice. Mm-hmm. And they're also saying how uh, regular citizens are upset that all the regular beat cops are being taken off the streets and, you know, being forced to investigate this Wayne murder. And now, you know, crime is up in the poorer mm-hmm. parts of the city. That's interesting. And, and uh, if if people aren't very aware, because I mean, if if you're not deep into Batman, you might not know this, but Gotham City basically rested on the shoulders of Thomas Wayne in most versions of the story. Like like anything good and pure and happy in Gotham City was always from the Wayne family. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it it would be like I'm trying to think it. I don't know, probably like the same kind of mood in Cupertino when Steve Jobs died, but mm. it was like a violent death that, or something like that. You know, he's that, that level of person, right. it, you know, within the community. I, anything else interesting you found on this, Bobby? Uh, there was a few things. Uh, they've got one on there. They didn't have a story about it, just a headline saying brutality charges dropped against Detective yeah. Harvey Bullock. <laughs> nice. And uh, what was the other one I saw? Uh, Crowded police stations point to system-wide issues. Uh, (laughs) Rising rent causes crime around the city. Mm -hmm. It's different things like that, talking about, you know, how chaos is ensuing in Gotham. Yeah, and they have uh, they also have like some different like animated uh, gifts and stuff here too. Like you, you get a uh, like Catwoman pickpocketing somebody. Yeah, it's supposed to. They're, they're making it look like it's uh, security footage mm-hmm. or cell phone footage or something along those lines. Like you said, where it's just yeah, a, they got one of uh, Catwoman and I think another one of some weird butcher guy inside Fish Mooney's place. Well, they have this one with uh, the penguin and the bat that we've seen in a lot of the promos too. Mm-hmm. So it, like hitting someone with a bat, not like with a bat, like just hanging out. Yes, actually, bat. you're right. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, dark dealings at Mooney's bar. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it, pretty interesting stuff. And I, I did – oh, what's this guy's name who's playing the mayor? I didn't realize he was in it, but he's – Richard Kind. Richard Kind. Hilarious, hilarious actor. You might not know him from – Not in this, though. This you might know him from a Spin City or uh, something yeah, he like that. the press secretary to the mayor, and now he's playing the mayor. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, it, the thing is, though, like with the mayor, like I, I'm assuming he's going to come off as probably kind of buffoonish or out of control or something, which yeah. makes sense to have a funny guy like Richard Kind do it. And kind of uh, his gimmick is generally being ineffectual and kind of just like timid and tepid and like weak. <laughs> so so a lot of humor from that. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, yeah. I think the mayor will probably be a puppet to Carmine Falcone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Anne-Marie, if you don't know, and this is a, a lot of the podcast is informing Anne-Marie about stuff she might not know yes. about. Carmine Falcone is one of the big mob guys in Gotham. Okay. Like, big, big. The name sounded familiar. Yeah, actually, if did you see uh, Batman Begins? At some point. It's not exactly yeah, new. He, he's the guy that uh, Bruce uh, that attacked Bruce before he left Gotham City. But I don't remember that long ago. You'll, you'll get to know him intimately, I'm sure. I'm sure. For, from, uh, from Gotham here. But you can check all that out at uh, GothamChronicle.com. And uh, let's see here. And we already talked about the uh, poster trailer contest. The they put out a little bit of a tease for the Riddler um, where where they have uh, comic book artist drew uh, the actor playing the Riddler in the full Riddler garb, and then they kind of morph him into and you know the press shot uh, that they put out during Comic Con on Instagram, which w- was yeah, weird, I didn't even like, actually realize they had an Instagram until I came across did, this, and now I'm following it. There hasn't been much now. Yeah, they've pretty much they've tweeted out yeah all the press shoots, and before there was Penguin, uh, they, so they have a similar one like that. Well, click the Penguin one. I haven't seen that one. And then a bunch of pictures of the. Uh, <laughs> The Gotham zip line that they had at Comic Con. Did There's you see zip this? Line? Yeah, they. This was their big thing for for to promote Gotham at Comic Con was a zip line that zipped out across like a big three D model city of Gotham. Oh, which was kind of lame. That's a little lame. <laughs> it, yeah, and they, that that was like ninety percent of the video content coming out during Comic Con weekend was Comic-Con people doing the zip line. Content was horrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was and just... not just them. I just I feel like I got nothing. There's the cat. Oh, the Catwoman one's probably a little. Let's see. Before there was Catwoman woman there was a little girl there yeah was... <laughs> like that's the thing there's before there was sexy lady with leaves growing off of her there was another little girl a video that won't play yeah this one oh oh it's gonna is it... not... oh nope. there, we there, go. Go. there we go there we go ivy pepper she looks a little um on something there possibly uh some people have uh said uh why is she called ivy pepper in this when her name's uh what is it pamela isley in the comics and uh, i i did see the creator say that you know she was adopted or she's like an orphan in this so probably when once she gets like officially adopted or whatever her name will change i would assume or uh, sometime before the story we all know starts she'll become pamela isley which i'm probably wrong on that name and i sound like a jerk it's no that's right you got the name right oh did i sweet yeah i love being right it's all (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know just a little uh us versus them little point of pride here uh, Variety uh, put out this article. I, again, you can get these at legendsofgotham.com. As far as buzz on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, DC versus Marvel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. DC went out. Woohoo! DC went out. I, mainly not from Gotham, no. not from Flash, not from Arrow, not from Constantine, but from Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which had uh, the three stars, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman come out on stage for three seconds, say nothing, and then they released a picture of Wonder Woman. Which, she looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. She looks pretty People good. People were complaining because it was so dark but and, yeah. like, colorless. But, I mean, that's that's very obviously just, like, color grading that they've done to it. Right, but I'm just Because saying. it's supposed to be, like, an apocalyptic scene, so all the lights are red and 
flashing off black rocks. So that's, but uh, there's been some people who have taken this picture of Wonder Woman and kind of resaturated it. And there's a lot more color in the costume than it it shows here. Okay. But you know, they can do that by like, kind of like looking at the skin tones and being Uh, like, okay. And then we get those right. And then the costumes right again. Right. Interesting. See, I know all this stuff because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Me, that makes me twitchy. I'm just like, why Mm. is it wrong? Yeah. But uh, let's see here. I am looking for exact numbers. Yeah. uh, Batman V Superman. Dawn of Justice got uh, 112,108 overall mentions on social media and uh, 8,356 intent to view mentions, while Marvel's Age of Ultron got 62,542 overall. And uh, about the same amount uh, said that they were going to go see it, Mm -hmm. uh, 8,483. So suck at Marvel. DC's (laughs) awesome. In conclusion, I'm actually a Marvel fanboy, so. Oh, uh, that's. I, 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 I like some Marvel, no, you but don't. I, I'm not really like an <laughs> no, you don't. I like Spider-Man. That's about, okay, everyone likes Spider-Man. Spider-Man and everything they did before 1980, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really like an us versus them guy, though. I just don't I'm read. Either. I just thought I'd throw that out. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 like, like in our other podcast, Greetings from Storybrooke, anytime we take a side and a big controversial fan thing, it's with, with a smirk on our face. Yep. And a, Always. A, a spring in our step, as it were. And uh, also, uh, if you want to go check it out uh, in the links over here, we have the full panel uh, from Comic-Con, the full DC TV panel, which includes all those shows I mentioned a minute ago. But it's really long, and it told us absolutely, absolutely nothing new. nothing. So this is all we're going to say about there it. There was like 25 people on stage, so they each got like a question and a half. Yeah, and it, everyone from Gotham just said stuff that they've already said a million times yep. in interviews that we've already talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. And we're only on episode three. Yeah. So, <laughs> oops, a daisy. Okay, we'll wrap up here with some uh, listener feedback. We always love to get get your feedback on anything. Like if you see Gotham news pop up between now and the next time our, we put mm-hmm. out an episode, just go ahead and send us some feedback. We'd love to feature it. Uh, you can email us at legendsofgotham at gmail dot com. Uh, Twitter is at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook, which we'd love to get some more likes over there. So if you haven't liked it yet and you've been meaning to. Get over there. And if they, you haven't liked it yet and you haven't been meaning to, get over there. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if, if you have liked it yet and you've been meaning to unlike it, don't. Facebook.com <laughs> slash Legends of Gotham is, is the Facebook. And we'd love to get some more people over there because our other podcast, the Facebook, is like the big community hub. That's where we talk That's, to everybody. Yeah. So we'd love to get some more people over there. And the voicemail number, which we always love to get voicemails and pretty much always play them, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. It might say uh, you're calling greetings from Storybrooke. You're calling Legends of Gotham. Too. We promise. It's us, too. Yeah, I need to change that. Yeah. Point. But we do have a voicemail here from Wu, so uh, take it away, Wu. Hey, AMD. Hey, Meeks. Overall, the promos we've seen so far are really good. I like the performers that are going to be in the show. I like the characters that the, the showrunners have chosen. But there's one thing about the show that I really can't get a handle on why I'm feeling trepidatious about it. Maybe it's because you're doing a Gotham show without Batman in it, and we've never seen a live-action version of something like this before. I think a lot of that will go 
a lot of my preconceived notions will go away once I see the pilot. I have never told anybody this before, but I had a lot of preconceived notions about Once Upon a Time before I saw the pilot on Netflix Instant Watch, and all those preconceived notions went away once I saw the pilot. I think that's going to be, like, the situation here. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on this, especially Bill Meeks. I would love to see Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, the Batman and the Joker from the Batman the Animated Series, maybe some comic book writers and artists, Neil Adams, Danny O'Neill, Mark Wolfman do some cameos. And what do you think about this, um, Adam West being the mayor of Gotham City, just playing the same character that he plays on Family Guy? Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you very Thank much, you, Will. And yeah, unfortunately, we ju- we just found out Richard Kind will be the mayor. But I would love to see. I would I would so love to see Adam West on this show somewhere. He'll like, find a way on there. Isn't he on like everything that's Batman? W- wouldn't it be cool if he played like Bruce Wayne's grandpa or something? <gasps> that would be great. Long lost uncle or something. And uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Adam West ha- has a long history of appearing on Batman and Batman related shows like Beware the Grey Ghost. And then he was also he played a similar role from that episode in the old The New Adventures of Zorro series on the Family Channel, oh, where he um, kind of in Batman that? Brave and the Bold too. Yes, yeah. Who 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 did he he played uh, Thomas Wayne? Didn't he? Yes. Yes, yeah, I believe yeah. so. He played uh, Bruce Wayne's dad. But yeah, I, and I would love to see, you know, just some cameos and stuff in general from people who are recognizably attached to Batman. Like mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. Well, I feel like since this is going to be a copy show, so it's, you know, slightly in the vein of the SVU CSI world, mm-hmm. there's going to be cameos all over the place. Because you, you're not an actor unless you've been on those. Yeah, that's the thing with procedurals like this. You need like you need so many people. You need five people, and then you need the rest of the cast of thirty change out every week. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sure we'll get mm-hmm. there. At least there will be the opportunities for them to have those significant um, cameos. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Once he's done with Star Wars, definitely uh, Kevin Conroy. Anytime would love to see it. Um, and uh, who else? I, I think. Uh, what, wait a second. Can What's we get it? Batfleck? Hold on. Burt Ward. Burt Ward. Uh, Burt Ward's put on some pounds over the years. No. Because <laughs> like I, I interviewed him at Dragon Con or as part of a uh, what you call it a, a press conference a couple years ago, and then I saw pictures of him from Comic Con this year, and he had to have put on like sixty pounds. No offense, Burt. I know Burt. I know you're uh, old. You burned <laughs> it. I, I, I'll probably weigh like. Three times as much as I do now when I'm 60. But so you're saying he can't fit the Robin tights anymore then? <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're doing this in some of the other DC TV stuff. Like they're having Clancy Brown, who voiced uh, Lex Luthor in the DC animated universe. Mm-hmm. He's going to be uh, a reoccurring General actor Wade on Elling. The Flash. But he's going to be playing. Oh, who's he playing on The Flash? General Wade Elling. Yes, yes, who uh, people who are familiar with Amanda Waller, the Suicide Squad, all that stuff will be familiar with that name. Uh, did you ever watch Sleepy Hollow, Anne Marie? I watched an episode and a half. Because I guess he was I on Sleepy I wanted to watch it, Clancy and then Brown I, was too. I couldn't fit it into my They channel. killed him in the pilot, but then they, he kept coming up through the season. Oh, he was one of those characters. A ghost. Well, kind of, yeah. Oh, was he like the Headless Horseman or. No, he had his head chopped off by the Headless Horseman. Oh, okay. It was a thing. There was like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So it's it's like Fade Priorism where if he chops your head off, then you become a Headless Horseman too kind of thing? Uh, No, she became like – I mean he was like a spirit that would show up to this one girl. It wasn't even a spirit, just like she'd remember him like saying stuff to him or 
Mm. It was a really weird show. Yeah. Did they get canceled? No, it was actually pretty acclaimed. They're coming back for a second season. Interesting. Yeah, there, actually, there's a lot of crossover between our, our fans of our other podcast, Once Upon a Time and Sleepy Hollow. Well, that makes like, sense, too. Yeah, definitely. They, they're in the same wheelhouse. And I would just like to mention, too, real quick, uh, Wu, you did mention that this has never been done before, showing a superhero before they became the superhero. I'd like to remind you of a little show called Smallville. <laughs> little show. Little trivia. Show initially was going to be called Bruce Wayne and was going to be about Bruce Wayne traveling the world, getting all of his training in his teenage years. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that's how the show started. That was the original pitch. And then, there and were then like, how did it turn into Smallville? We have a big-name director who just won a bunch of awards for Memento making a Batman movie. We, we don't want to confuse the brand. Can we do a Superman show instead? Oh. So okay. <laughs> that's basically how Smallville went down. Nice. But uh, okay, and uh, let's see, you want to read this uh, last uh, little message yep. we have here? Okay, this is from Rach the Mad Hobbit on Twitter. Um, I may have missed it, but in case I didn't, it bears notice that Sean Pertwee, who plays Alfred in Legends of Gotham, is the son of John Pertwee. John played the very popular third doctor in the long running British mm. series Doctor Who. Thank <laughs> you for your description of Doctor Who. I uh, love your podcast. I plan to watch Gotham solely because mm. you're podcasting it. LOL. <laughs> Nice. Thank and that, that's uh, from the Mad Hobbit on Twitter. Yes. I, I, and yeah, it's, it's cool to have a Doctor Who connection. There's sure. always a Doctor Who connection. There is. There is. I love yeah, it. It's like... Years, it's hard not to. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of six degrees of Kevin Bacon and six degrees of Doctor Who. Six degrees of, <laughs> of Time Lords. Six degrees of Time Lords. Yeah, but again, if you, you want to send us some feedback, as we see here, it generates a lot of conversation. Doesn't it, though? Uh, you can email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Twitter is is at Legends of Gotham. Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number, which we always love, is 424-274-2352. We love it because we don't have to talk. 424-274-2352. And again, you can get all the show notes and everything at legendsofgotham.com. Now, Bobby, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter, Inevitable Hawk, um, with an E. That's my last name, Inevitable Hawk. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, Bobby Hawk on Facebook and uh, that's all for now. I may be trying to do something in the near future, yeah. but for now, that's where you can find me. Yeah, there might be some uh, some podcast engines moving underneath of you, right? I'm, I'm trying. I, I recently got a new job, so that's taking up a lot of my free time. But I'm trying to mm-hmm. to uh, save up the money to get some get some cheap gear, and uh, you know, you guys have inspired me. <gasps> oh. Well, you know, we always we inspire me too. <laughs> <laughs> we always like like to help out too so you know always let us know what we can do my my dm box on twitter is always open you know that <laughs> yeah. yes, yes i do <laughs> and you can you can always also check them out about 43 minutes into any episode of greetings from storybrook because he always leaves a voicemail we love it okay Emery, where can people find you online you can find me on the twitters at amd simone i also have a diy lifestyle type blog at crunchycrafty.com Excellent. And uh, as for me, uh, my Twitter is at Bill Meeks. My Google Plus is Google, google.com slash plus Bill Meeks. And I write uh, books about a teenage superhero at dogboyadventures.com. And you can also... <laughs> if you, pause. Yeah, that, I know that was a really odd... <laughs> if you'd have seen it from this side, it was even funnier. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at dogboyadventures.com. <laughs> 
And uh, if you want to stay tuned after the music, I, I'm going to play you the first couple chapters for free because why not? You can, actually, if you want to, you can also get the uh, Den of Thieves ebook for free forever at a bunch of different sites, and you can get links at dogboyadventures.com for that too. Cool. All right. So, do you remember how we close this nope. out? No, Bobby. Sweet. Do you remember how we close this out? I not a clue. <laughs> Excellent. So I think we're just going to. So we're so yeah. This is so loosey goosey. Okay, okay, I'm. I, th- this is not permanent at all. Uh oh. This is just for this episode. This okay. is how we're gonna end it. Okay. Okay. Until next time, you better hunker down in your bat cave until we explore more legends, legends of, of Gotham. Gotham. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing something different next no, time. That, that was me doing that. Yeah, I'm aware of what you were doing. I'm just yeah. gonna veto it. <laughs> Telling yourself that. Dog Boy, Demon's Dare, Dog Boy Adventures, Book 3. Written by Bill Meeks. Narrated by Nathan Beatty. Chapter 1. The Professor, the Fighter, and the Cowboy. Osbert bounded down the alleyway as fast as his stubby legs could carry him while he shoved a piece of baguette in his mouth. Hot John, a bulky man with a mallet where his hand should be, ran ahead of him, carrying a plastic garbage bag over his shoulder. Hey, I think this soup's got a leak, Hot John said. Of course it has a leak, Jonathan, Osbert said. It's leak potato soup. So it's supposed to leak, Hot John asked. Glad to see our time on the run hasn't changed you, big and dumb as ever. Guess you know best, Hot John said. You took care of me so far anyhow. He turned around, white goo dripping down his back. Think you can wipe it off, though? A police car pulled up at the end of the alley. The siren chirped. Red and blue lights spun around on top. They turned their spotlights on the two thieves. This is the Colta City Police Department, a voice said over a speaker mounted to the top of the police car. We know you guys what stole food from Grace Cathedral. Leave it there and put your hands up, then walk towards the light slowly. No screwing around. You heard the man, Jonathan. Put them up, Osbert said, lifting his husky arms above his head. Hot John smiled, then ran at the lights, rearing his mallet hand back to strike. Stop or we'll open fire, the policeman yelled. But the threat of violence had never stopped Hot John. He screamed like a trapped lion, jumped over the car, and hit the cop upside the head in the time it took him to finish his warning. Hot John giggled like a schoolboy as he smashed the spinning lights. Well done, old friend, Osbert said. Let's continue on our mission. There are no policemen where we are going. But I kind of like smashing them, Hot John said. And smash you shall, but only in service of the guild, Osbert said. They continued on their way without incident, eventually arriving at a closet-sized metal building tucked back in the wall's recesses. The door read, Danger, Electric Shock Risk. Authorized personnel only. A copper-colored deadbolt hung on the tarnished metal door. Uh, I think this is the place, Hot John said. Well then, by all means, get us in there. I'm positive. If I can find my old notes, we'll find a way to rescue our comatose chairman. Who? Hot John asked. Andrus, Osbert said, his thick glasses magnifying his sullen eyes. The device I've developed will help us find our dear Andrus. You haven't forgotten him already, I hope. Oh, oh, okay, I got you. 
Yeah, of course I remember. I know I ain't too smart, but I remember pretty good. Hot John slammed his mallet hand against the padlock, sending it clanging to the ground. He opened the door, revealing a narrow ladder that led down into the darkness. The men found navigating the narrow shaft a challenge. Hot John's shoulders were far too wide. Osbert's middle was similarly disadvantaged. They squeezed down the hole as best they could. Osbert plopped onto the dirt at the bottom first, listening to the distant sounds of the river as they echoed through the tunnel. He pulled out a pen-sized flashlight, twisting the tip to turn it on. The beam cut through the fog to reveal a long subway tunnel, or the remains anyway. The metal rails were gone, salvaged to sell for scrap decades earlier. The wooden ties remained, putrid, dark green moss growing around the sides. Hot John pulled a broken piece of white fiberglass from the soft dirt. He wiped it off, revealing the word Stonehouse in stark black letters. He handed it to his companion. We aren't here to dig through the dirt, Jonathan, Osbert said, then tossed it aside. He pulled a compass from his pocket, then turned around in a circle until he faced southeast. This way, he said. The men walked down the tunnel for several minutes eventually coming to a cavern with an abandoned subway car. Wisps of smoke floated off a pile of embers on the ground, a fire clinging to the last of its heat. I remember this place real good, Hot John said. This is where Andrus put Blaze after, you know. It was an unfortunate fate that befell our dear friend, Osbert said. Would that he were still with us. We could certainly use his mastery of weapons in our endeavor. How unfortunate Dogboy let him go. The subway car shook, and a low groan echoed throughout the cavern walls. Osbert shushed his partner, then pushed him out in front as they crept up to the car. Empty potato chip bags and soda cans were piled around the door. Osbert gestured for Hot John to lean down, then whispered in his ear, Give them a warning, but if they don't come out, don't hesitate to use force, he said. You mean I can pound them? Hot John asked. Yes, you can pound them, Osbert replied. Hot John hit his mallet against the car's side three times. Get out here, or I'm coming in to get ya. You don't want to mess with a big guy like me. The door slid open. A man in a cowboy costume stepped out, his beard clumped together. The whiskers twisted around themselves in oily knots. His sallow gray skin suggested he wasn't well. The eyes sunk back in their sockets, corroborating the suggestion. Why, Jonathan! It's Blaze, Osbert said. We thought we'd lost you. We thought you were dead. What happened? <laughs> Blaze said, exposing the small purple stump, all that remained of his tongue, after Andrus cut it out. Osbert gasped, then snapped his jaw shut to protect his own mouth. Blaze's eyes drifted away as he kicked some dirt on the smoldering fire. Osbert put his hand on his old friend's shoulder. I apologize for my reaction, he said. I knew what happened, but I'd never pictured how it would appear in three-dimensional space. Quite gory, but compelling to the academic mind. May I have a closer look? Blaze let his jaw hang on its hinge. Osbert shined his flashlight in his mouth, lighting his cheeks up like a jack-o'-lantern. He pulled the dusty old cowboy over to a rock pile, then grabbed his shoulders, guiding him down onto the found furniture. Jonathan, give me the food. This man needs sustenance immediately. I'll take care of him. You go down to Andrus's office and find that box I told you about earlier and bring it back here. No dawdling. 
Maybe we should uh, take a little break first. We've been going a couple days. Your stuff ain't going anywhere. A surprisingly salient point, my brutish chum. You can rest, but not for long. Dogboy lived here with us. This is the first place he'll look if he catches wind of us. We'll need to find another place to hide out while we gather more resources. Blaze jumped up, grabbed a stick off the ground, and scratched out a few letters. C-U-R-L. Osbert glanced over his shoulder as he finished. E-Y-W-O-R-L-D. Curly World? Osbert asked. That little amusement park over by Goodson University? What do they call it? The place where dreams come true. Hot John sang to the melody from the well-remembered radio jingle. Oh, yes. You know that park well, don't you? Osbert said to Blaze, who nodded. Brilliant. Who would think to look for the Guild of Thieves there? Rest up, gentlemen. We'll take this curly world, by force if necessary. Then, our real work begins. Chapter 2 Lights and Shadows His feet dangling over the ledge, Bronson Black watched over his city from the roof of Colta City General Hospital. He chewed a bite from the egg salad sandwich he'd bought before going on patrol. The summer heat didn't subside, even at this late hour, so he decided to take a break and eat it before it spoiled. He took the last bite, then lowered the cheap Halloween dog mask over his face. The floppy dog ears stapled to his mask tickled his human ones. The mask was old when he found it among his father's things. His many adventures since becoming a superhero hadn't done it any favors. The amaranthine paint along either side had worn to a dull purple. Fine cracks ran along the mask where it rested across the bridge of his nose. The mask lacked beauty, but his father's name penciled on the back guaranteed he'd never replace it. The world disappeared a wash of orange, then a vision. The rooftop he was standing on, a man crept up behind him, laughed, pushed him over the edge. He called these visions flash-forwards. They let him see a small distance into the future. His powers hadn't worked right since he defeated the Guild of Thieves that past July. When they did work, he considered it a small blessing. Not luck, but something like it. The click of the rooftop door closing brought him back to the present. He crawled along the ledge, scooting his stomach along the concrete, until he reached an HVAC unit in the shadows. The man from his vision scuttled across the rooftop, carrying a purse that clashed with his outfit in both color and class. He squatted down, then dumped the contents out onto the blacktop. The man picked through the pile like a monkey picking through his partner's fur, holding each object close to his eyes as he judged its worth. He placed the objects he found worthy next to him in a neat pile, but the objects he rejected got chucked over the ledge. Dogboy crept through the shadows, around the rooftop until he found himself behind the man. He reached into his pocket, pulling out a few wee glimmers, small theatrical props magicians used to distract the audience. Dogboy used them to distract the crooks. He launched the pellets at the man's feet. They hit the ground, sparking, then a loud pop accompanied by a bright flash. The man fell back, shattering a bottle of Chanel No. 5 in the keep pile by his feet. The perfume splattered onto the man's thick wool pants. Another wee glimmer went off, igniting his soaked, smelly leg. The chemicals burned up in a second, which was all the dry material needed to get it started. The man howled, hopping up and down, smacking the flames with his bare hands to little success. Dogboy untied his cape, 
whirling it around and smacking the man's legs to smother the flames. Lay down, he said. He beat at the flames, maybe a little harder than he needed to, until he'd smothered them, leaving the reek of burnt hair in his nose. The dog boy, the man said, spitting little white flecks out the sides of his mouth as he did. We've been looking for you. He got up on one knee, then offered dog boy his hand. You sure you have the right dog? I come from a big litter, dog boy said, standing his ground as the man took a step toward him. Don't remember your old pal Joe, the man asked. After everything we done for you, everything Andrus done for you, we all seen what you done to him, you nasty little brat. Dog boy recognized the man now. He'd seen him rob somebody on South 5th Street his first week in the city. He'd even seen him in the abandoned subway tunnels the Guild of Thieves used as a base. Joe looked different now, though. Dirtier. Hungrier. Meaner. Andrus was a jerk, Dogboy said. If you don't turn yourself in right now, you're going to end up in jail right next to him. Dogboy wasn't sure what he felt first. The foot flying into his stomach or the orange energy shooting out from his palm. He didn't summon his weird power and no matter how hard he focused, he couldn't stop its surge. The beam hit his assailant, pushing him back toward the ledge. I can't stop, Dogboy said. Grab onto something. The warning came too late. Joe tumbled over the edge. For Andrus, he screamed as he fell. With the danger gone, the energy stopped flowing out. Dogboy peeked over the ledge. He winced behind his mask. The man lay on the sidewalk, seven stories below his legs bent skyward, his body facing the hospital. Dogboy lit down the stairs, bursting out the side door, then plowing into a young nurse, out for a break. You, she said. Look, that goon was carrying you away by the time I came back with the guard. Please don't hurt me. I tried to help you, I swear. Dogboy recognized her from a previous battle against Hot John, the big man with the mallet hand. His first instinct said to tell her she didn't have anything to apologize for. He was supposed to be saving her, after all. Before he got the words out, he reconsidered, deciding to use her unfounded fears to his advantage. I'm not going to hurt you, but you gotta do me a favor first. There's this guy I knocked off the roof around the corner. Oh my god, she said, backing away. You threw somebody off the roof? No, no. Well, kinda. He was coming after me, and my powers, well, they're unpredictable. Come on, you gotta help him. He might be dead already. She nodded, and Dogboy led her around the corner. They both knelt down beside the thief. He was still breathing, but barely. Up close, Joe looked even worse than he had from above. There were cuts on his hands and face, a small divot in his skull, and some yellow teeth laying on the sidewalk beside him. Looks like there could be some spinal damage, the nurse said. This is way out of my wheelhouse. Let me run inside and grab Dr. Humboldt. She's the best orthopedic surgeon in the state. I should knock her out and get out of here before she calls the cops, Dogboy thought. It was one of those sudden, insane thoughts that cross everybody's minds on occasion. The kind of thoughts that are so against one's nature, he's left wondering if it was actually his thought at all. The solution was straightforward, but it would make him a dreadful hero. Heroes do what's right, not what's easy. Well, go find her, lady, Dogboy said. I'll stay with him until you come back. As the nurse left, Dogboy peered up and down the street to check for police. He felt something tapping the plastic tip of his canvas sneakers. Joe shot him a wide, bloody, toothless grin from the ground. Don't matter what you do, mutt, he said. Guild will find you.
guild will gut you like an animal, being that's what you are. Dogboy felt a chill down his spine. The kind people say come to you when somebody steps on your grave. How many of you guys are left? I saw cops take tons of you guys in. Nuh-uh. Not gonna tell you. It's a surprise. The man chuckled, spraying congealed blood across his beard. He's right over here, doctor, the nurse said from around the corner. She spoke loudly, or at least louder than she needed to. Dogboy took it as a sign that he needed to leave. He knelt down and whispered in the man's ear, You tell your guild, or what's left of it, that if they come after me, this is what happens. Scared, child? Yeah, but only that I'll catch something from you. Dogboy slipped behind a nearby car as the doctor knelt down to examine the thief. He waved to the nurse, who strolled over by the car. She leaned on the trunk, then pulled out her phone to look busy. He'll live, she whispered, a few broken ribs and a vertebra thrown out of alignment. Consider us even. If I see you around here again, I'm calling the cops to cash in the reward. I didn't mean to hurt him, you know, Dogboy said. I believe you, kid, she said, looking down at him like a disappointed parent. Funny thing is, I think that scares me a little more.